King of the Hammers is a war of attrition. That means while speed matters, nothing is more important than reliability. We're here with Sam from Dobry Designs, who's going to talk us through this Ultra 4 race truck build. Welcome to High Performance Academy's Tuned In Field Report podcast series. In these special midweek episodes, we look back through our archives to find the best conversations we've had through years worth of attending the best automotive events across the globe. We've pulled the audio from these tech-filled interviews with some of the industry's most well-known figures and presented it in podcast format for you to enjoy as a quick hit of insider knowledge. All right, Sam, so for someone coming from my perspective who knows basically nothing about off-road racing can you just explain what this vehicle is yeah so this is an ultra 4 4400 car it races in king of the hammers which is uh, the world's toughest one day race it's in johnson valley california and it races desert racing and competitive rock crawling so it takes everything from the world of competitive rock crawling everything from baja and ultra and you know all the best in the desert races and ties it all into one so high speed racing rock crawling like a multi-purpose event Right, so it'll go through the desert at 125 miles an hour and then drop into low gear and it'll go over boulders twice as large as the car. Yeah, right, and um, how long roughly is the race? So if you're doing it right, it should be maybe four, three, four hours, but uh, it goes all the way through the night. So for some guys, they break down and it's, it's a, really a war of attrition with this sport. Yeah, so reliability is the main thing. Absolutely, yeah, it needs to be built to last. Can we just maybe start with the engine from that point of view? What's in this car, truck? Yeah, so in this, it's a LA7-based engine platform. So it's a RHS tall deck with all pro heads. And it's a, it's running a whole combination that we've run as a you know Generate Racing team for probably the past 10 to 15 years. It's really a, been a reliable drivetrain package for us. It puts you know roughly around 600 and change horsepower to the tire and it's got standard parts and a lot of our partners, you know, we work with comp cams and, you know, the whole Edelbrock group. So they, uh, they really help us out with that and it ends up being a reliable product for us. So in terms of reliability and heat management on that topic, I guess, uh, what type of heat management package, because that's one of the main things in endurance racing is heat, heat management. What package do you have in this vehicle? Yeah. So it's a Griffin radiator in the back that we get custom. I custom design it, and then we work with Griffin to to actually you know get it fitted and you know the cores made and everything. But there's that. There's a small oil cooler in front, which we don't need to run. It's really a redundant feature at this point. So when it comes time for King of the Hammers, it's in February, which in Southern California and in that particular des- high desert area, it's quite cold. So a lot of the times we do take that cooler out and then plumb it back in for the summer because it'll be 120 there in August. So other than that, there there are really no cooling precautions that are outside of your regular street rod. And on the topic of oiling, uh, what type of oiling system does it have? So this has a, a Johnson's high performance pump in it. It's a whole dry sump system and it runs uh, in our system. It's, it's an aircraft grade pump at super high efficiency. And we have very thin oil, tight tolerances in the motor and we really just keep that thing flowing and it really surprises people how low our oil pressure goes, you know, throughout this this whole race and how tight our tolerances are on the mains, but it uh it holds up really well and, you know, staying to your basic principles of of engineering, you know, with your 
kind of basic thermodynamics and fluid mechanics. That's all you uh, really need to, to figure out how these motors work. And what's the kind of key benefit of less oil pressure? So less oil pressure is, is kind of a byproduct of the flow, right? Because you're trying to maintain a certain flow rate and that's how your, your system's staying alive. You know, there's oil doesn't cushion. It just provides the, the hydrodynamic bearing, which is how these motors function. So, so long as you have the consistent flow, you don't need a super thick oil. And a lot of the times when you have that really thick oil, it, uh, you know, speaking of, we're at the, our oil sponsor booth that actually, you know, helps us design these oils. But with the thicker oils, it traps the cavitation bubbles that you get through the process of it, of the crankshaft smacking oil or just, you know, through every, wherever the, the oil goes into the car. And those vapor bubbles are thousands of degrees. And that's where a lot of pitting happens. That's where a lot of temperature spikes happen throughout your motor that you might not necessarily read. So we end up, even though we, you know, we rebuild our motors, you know, every so often we can re consistently reuse those parts without needing to replace them. So it ends up being a lot cheaper to keep. All right. Makes sense. Um, moving on from the engine package, transmission, the rest of the drive line, what happens here? Yeah. So it's a turbo 400 uh, transmission built by Rancho, which is a pretty much an industry standard for ultra four and a lot of desert racing. Uh, after that, it's got complete set up from tube works. It's a prototype differential, nine and a half inch Ford style differential, but all custom to tube works. And it's got a spool in the rear and a one-way locker in the front and Atlas transfer case that's in there. So it's got a high and low range four wheel drive and two wheel drive option. So it's a four wheel independent suspension. Yes. This is one of the few cars. I think there's probably five of them now that are still running. Um, that's fully independent. This was the second car ever out there for ultra four that is. So what's the kind of key advantage or disadvantage to being independent suspension, uh, front and rear. And how does that compare to what else is out there of, uh, solid rear axle and solid front axle in some cases? Yeah. So the sport started solid axles all the way around. It's uh, tried and true. You know, we still have Jeeps that we race with them. But fully independent is a new technology. It's five years old for this sport. And really the key advantage for it outside of, I mean, it's mainly the desert. You can pick up so much time in the desert. But what we've found, too, is that you have an entirely new selection in lines when you're in the rocks. You can go where the other drivers can't because you have no drive line underneath the car. You have no drive shafts you have to worry about. You don't have to worry about, you know, your pumpkin on the differential hanging up on anything. So you just pick a rock and hit the gas and you just slide over it. And it's kind of like skiing. So yeah, it's, it's totally different way of rock crawling. Right. And, um, what would be the disadvantages of a strength reliability? No one did it before. So we had no frame of reference. So that we were going through problems of, we went through four years of overheating diffs and there's a whole, there's another fun story about oil cooling and oil choice for that. But, uh, that was a huge problem to start with because you're running, you know, CVs to the back, which is, you know, they've been doing it in class one racing and for a long time, but not really in this type of sport. So it's uh, that was a totally different challenge. And then just figuring out the correct geometries that are going to be able to make the certain clearances that we need for the rocks, you know, strong enough. That was a whole nother challenge. We've gone through two versions of rear suspension and two versions of front suspension. So it's been uh, yeah, a real challenge getting the not only the parts to perform, but then to be reliable enough so we can test and data log and then perform when it comes to race day. And the, the actual suspension system itself, so on the front, is it a double wishbone? 
Yeah, so it's a double wishbone. It's got the full suite of what you normally think of in a road car. It's got anti-dive in it, which is what we in off-road call inconsistent camber. So that's fairly unique. There's not a lot of guys that do that. It's usually all double parallel wishbone kinds of suspensions. But it has portals on it, which is uh, different for the off-road world. So there's a, a gearbox that allows the input from the, uh, the front axle to be higher than the center line of the wheel. So we can gain ground clearance and it also saves our differentials. We can run a higher pinion gear. So we have like a, a three to one essentially in our differential. So it's a huge pinion. It saves that a lot of guys run into issues with, with ringing pinions on independent front suspensions without portals because we get the extra gear reduction, save CVs, and it makes life pretty easy for us. Do you want to take your car knowledge game to the next level? Join us in the next free lesson at hpacademy.com slash free and start developing your own skills today. Yeah, on the topic of ride height, I haven't ever seen one of these vehicles before and I was kind of surprised. It's not actually as high as I thought. Is that related to the suspension geometry? And like you said, with the independent suspension, you're not worried about dragging diffs along the ground and things like that? So this car is actually surprisingly high off the ground. It's at ride height. I think the the front shocks are sagging a little bit, but uh, it's 20 inches off the ground at belly height. So that's that's still fairly high. It's so short because personally, the way I design cars is I like the driver to be sitting as low as possible, um, where a lot of guys will sit the driver on top of a transmission or on top of a transfer case. I don't like to do that. So having the last center of gravity is still beneficial in this type of off-road racing Absolutely. There's no reason to increase your, your center of gravity, in my opinion. For I mean, there's, there's very few to no design changes that would make me put a seat higher. That kind of goes across maybe what you commonly see with all the trucks out there lifted really high. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to get this car lower as much as I can and maintain the ground clearance. If I could have the driver sitting back at, at an F1 driver's rake, I would, but then they wouldn't be able to see, so can see how the vision would be important choosing lines when you're crawling just moving on to the rear suspension is that some type of trailing arm so this one in particular is uh it is a multi-link so it's not really a trailing arm per se it has an upper a triangulated arm so it has like an upper control arm and then it has uh the toe link in the back and a radius rod in the back and then it has a lower trailing arm so altogether, you get your five you know control links and uh one that's adjustable so you can adjust toe yeah so uh, i did see some adjustment front and back uh around with the the rod ends pretty big rod ends by the looks of things compared to what we usually see in road racing no rod ends and bending something that maybe some people there's a bit of controversy there with road racing things some people think you can get away with it with a big enough rod end that's not the case i'm guessing in off-road racing some guys do but they're running really large rod ends or they're not running their car fast enough. It's definitely the way of the world for off-road racing is to have rod ends and bending. In Ultra 4 particularly, we go through the rocks at a very high pace, so we're getting sharper impacts and more frequency than in desert racing. So a lot of the top competitors in Ultra 4 are starting to go into rod with, without rod ends and bending like this car has. And just on that topic of rod ends and bending, just to clarify for people who aren't really clear what that term means, can you just explain what the issue and why you'd want to avoid that? Essentially, if you think of the pivot points on a control link and draw straight lines in between them, 
so long as your rod end or, or your, your bearing cup is perfectly in line with the load, that's a, a non-bending rod end. If there's a bend anywhere in there or if it's out of plane, then you would have a point where there'd be a moment in the loading pattern and you'd be essentially putting a lot of load in bending through the, through the actual threaded part of the rod end. So it makes a lot of issues, especially on these cars. So the, the key issue of the bending uh, stress through the threaded shank of the rod end is the stress concentrations at each of the, in the threads? Yeah, so what we find is that it fatigues the rod end itself over time. It's very few and far between that you're gonna get an outright loading failure. These things love to fatigue. So it's the biggest thing that we look out for. That's why this car has such large suspension on it. It's, it's just mainly so that we don't have to rebuild every part, every race. This, the suspension on this car is gonna last two, if not three years before we have to change it out. And just moving on to the last topic, hanging off the end of the suspension, huge tires. You mentioned something quite special about these to me before. Can you just talk about the tires and what makes them a bit different? Yeah, so these are Mickey Thompson Baja Boss tires. They're, they're pretty special. They're a 40-inch tire on a 17-inch rim, 12 and a half inch wide. So they're huge. They're 90 and change pounds apiece, which is fairly light for the entire industry. You'll see a lot of tires at 120 and change pounds by themselves but these are cool because they're mickey thompson's like their their actual drag radial like sticky the sticky mickey tire so it's a super soft compound you can bend it with your thumb super easily and what's cool about that is for our particular race we need high tire pressure for the desert but when we get into the rocks most rock crawlers drop down to around 8 10 psi so that they can get the tire deformation and get better traction we can do that. So if we have the stickier tire, we can at least get better traction and get through those sections better. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, we'll move towards wrapping this up as the vehicles are getting pretty loud. If anyone wants to hear more about what you do and follow your guys' uh, journey with this vehicle, where can they follow you? Uh, you can find me at uh, Dobri underscore designs on Instagram. Genride Off-Road, this is the Genride Off-Road car. If you want car-specific feed, follow the driver, Jordan Pellegrino. Uh, he posts about this thing all the time. He lives and breathes it. So, yeah, that's where you can find us. All right, well, thank you for your time. Cheers. Thanks. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to leave us a review on whatever platform you've chosen to listen to it on. It goes a long way to helping us get the word out there. All these conversations and much more are also available in full on our High Performance Academy YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe.